Welcome in to another episode of The Big Freedom Show. I'm one of your hosts here, Charlie Thompson. With me, as always, talking about some lovely liberty and freedom is the king himself, John King, and your favorite lispy libertarian, Nate Thurston. It's been a hard day's work for all of us, but we're excited to be here. It's been a very hard day's work. Except, uh, John, you were playing with a drone catching Nate, you know, just pissing outside, huh? <laughs> John got a dr- got drone footage of me peeing next to his car earlier. It happened so. on accident. I was mapping my property. Nate was uh, helping me. He decided to. We had to take a two hour trading break in the middle of it. Yeah, so he could do a little day trading. <laughs> I but, was uh, I was in a trade at the time in the vehicle on a mountain. He just here. so happened to pop out during one of 167 photos as the drone was flying overhead, and I caught him doing his business now do you program that thing to do that or like are you flying it manually mapping it out yeah i'm not that good it's a it's a program okay i was gonna say it was impressive if it was manual it was almost impressive (laughs) yes 10 mile an hour wind (laughs) but hey at least hey that's pretty smart technology we had a weekend we played some poker you know played a little bit of poker we played poker all weekend and uh didn't make any money no and i wasn't invited again (laughs) which is rare though by the way I just want all you out there to know this. I'm a pretty stellar poker player, except for this weekend. Yeah. You know, every time I do something with Nate, things don't go great. That's actually I'm very <laughs> true. When you play golf, you probably, you shoot, what, about 20 more over what you normally do? Yeah. I would say. And then my, tro- my truck's been broken into. <laughs> yeah. And uh, by the way, we were in Iowa. We were cheering on Rand Paul. Yeah. Uh, during the presidential. Uh, well, it was, it was the it was primaries. primaries. Yeah. It was, yeah. When there were 47 people running. <laughs> so, yeah. So we went to cheer on Rand Paul, who didn't do very well in Iowa. Mm-hmm. And my truck got broken into. So that's what happens when you hang out with your lispy libertarian. So he's fun to talk to. Not so fun to hang around. <laughs> to be fair, we drove all the way up to Iowa because Ron Paul was speaking at the headliner that night. That is so true. That, yeah. that was the main thing. If you ever got a chance to see Ron Paul in person... Let me tell you what, that's something special. And I tell you what, it, we always do have a good time, though. So yeah. Yeah. I guess that's why we're, we're friends. <laughs> well, I think we should just dive right in today. What are we talking about? Well, hold on. Before we dive in, did you guys catch the Stormy Daniels interview? I T-voted it, so I'm going to watch it later. Charlie? I read some things, whatever. It was pretty much exactly what you thought it would be. It was our, our president now and a porn star. Uh, acting like a porn star and him acting like a celebrity and uh, generally being skeezy. Here's the only thing I really want to say about this is, uh, didn't this happen pretty much like in the 90s with another president, except this guy was actually president when it happened? Uh, Bill Clinton, maybe? Is that his name? And it wasn't a porn star. It was just a uh, innocent intern. Just an intern in the Oval Office on the desk. Uh, so Government employee under the desk, but... I just, what what I love is the, the media just isn't the same, you know, when it comes to whether a Democrat does it or whether, you know, a Republican does it or a Democrat disguised as Republican doing it, which is what Trump is. So does it, I mean, did anybody really think this didn't happen? You, I mean, you, he's, you knew what you were in for when in the first 30 seconds, she talks about taking Donald Trump's own magazine and spanking him with it. 
hey, I'm going to hit your butt with your face. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was pretty much it. And, and we're like, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be. So there you go. Porn she, star president. Wait, what'd she say, Nate? What, what was the line that she said? I, I didn't watch it. I have no idea. Oh, you had the line. Before the show, John was giving us a little scoop on this thing because me and Nate haven't watched it. And you were, what'd she say whenever she said, the only thing that magazine's good for is spanking you with, and then proceeded to accommodate that. Well, idea. and that's because Trump was reading about himself <laughs> when she showed up He's like, Oh, look, I'm on, I'm in time magazine and reading about myself. And she, she said, what are you done? Yeah. Are so, you- something to that effect. <laughs> Leave it to old 60 Minutes with Stormy Daniels and the Trumpster. But we should not indulge this with another 60 seconds, so. Yes, this show is not all about Stormy Daniels and porn stars. What this show is about is liberty and freedom. We're just three guys who uh, like to have fun. As we mentioned, there's a lot of eagle tattoos in this room. That's how much we care about freedom and liberty. And we just want to bring some ideas to you guys. This is a message you can take to your friends and say, hey, guess what I heard today? These guys make a lot of sense. And that's how you share the show and you tell a friend about it and uh, leave us a rating and review on iTunes so even people that aren't your friends can find us. And uh, and by the way, speaking of that, we just want to say thank you because a lot of you guys are already doing that. We uh, John texts me every single day about the numbers and they just keep going up, and uh, we just couldn't be more appreciative. So Blowing thank you, up. thank you guys for that. In case you missed some other uh, fantastic news this weekend, a bunch of kids are running around all over a bunch of cities. Called uh, what they call this thing? March for Our Lives. It's clever. Yeah, it's very creative. I, I mean, I think their parents did a great job coming up with it. Is that? Uh, isn't there a March for Life? Yeah, that one's been around for a few years. And it was hard to watch. I don't know if you guys saw. Did you watch any of it, Nate? Oh, I can't. Honestly, if I see a, a screenshot of anything that happened at any of those marches, my blood pressure goes up to about 210 over 150. And I got to stop. I mean, we understand where they're coming from, but the it's so misguided the way that it's coming off. And it just seems like they're so heavily coached and massaged by activist organizations. Do we understand where they're coming from? <laughs> well, okay, they don't want to get shot. I, we get I, that. I understand that they're coming from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very different from understanding where they're coming from. Well, I mean, I understand the base of where they're coming from of, okay, we don't want to be shot in our schools. I completely disagree with everything else they said. Yeah. But I, this idea that they're marching around like they're doing and the name for the march just shows me how intuitive they are. <laughs> how uh, well thought out this whole thing was. Hey, let's do something that other people do that they call it March for Life and we'll just make it plural and uh, <laughs> and we'll own the plural version of that life. So March for Our Lives. And that hog fellow just trying to hit those Obama applause lines. Who is David Hogg? He was a survivor of the shooting in Florida who very much so, in my opinion, seems to be trying to capitalize off of what he went through. He's, you know, maybe going to be the next, next uh, nominee for the DNC. <laughs> well, guys, I got to be honest with you. I, I, I think that the fact that we're listening to a bunch of children talk about this is honestly making my point for me. The point that I try to make about what's wrong with our society, what happens with all these mass shootings, the fact that we've put 
these children and their ideas, in quotation marks, up on a pedestal with a microphone, probably literally up on a pedestal. Uh, oh, it was with a big a, pedestal, yeah, big microphone. With a, with a big microphone, to me, it just points out what the main problem is, and that's that parents have been listening to their kids for way too long now. And uh, I don't know if I'm just supposed to dive right into this, but I do think that we have a big issue with kids uh, kind of been running the show for a bit. You know, my mom's been a teacher for a long time, and I know just from stories over the last uh, 22, 23 years that she's been a teacher that kids have gotten ridiculous. And, and she's ready to get out because she said today's kids are, I mean, if you thought they were terrible 23 years ago, she can't. You know, I, I think that she would like to get out sometime, but uh, it, they're hard to deal with. And the, the reason that they're hard to deal with is that their parents let them get away with anything. And if they ever get in trouble at school for anything, it's the school's fault. If they fail something, it's the teacher's fault. And if they ever get in a fight, it's the other kid's fault. And so what's happened is schools have stopped disciplining. They've stopped forcing the kids to take any kind of responsibility for anything. They've stopped there being any kind of consequences for anything. And honestly, they've stopped f forcing them to do anything in school because for fear that the parents are going to show up and yell at them later. A, yeah, a D child is a child, not yeah. an adult. And I think people have been forgetting that for a little while. I, that's what I was going to say. Is <laughs> I, I was going to go into the fact that it may not even be... Well, yeah, it's kids, but I think parents are worse. Uh, you guys in any of those, I don't know if this happens in your town. Uh, John, you've got a cool app that we talked about on last show that you're like friends with all your neighbors on the, what's it called? Oh, Next Door. Next Door. Great for trolling. Recommend uh, it. I'm not on that, but I am in some, uh, there's the, like these hip groups, like hip name your city, like hip Nashville. Uh, they're Facebook groups where all the neighbors go to complain. But and and it, I can't tell you how many times I still don't know why I'm a member, but I just keep it on there. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've seen parents get on there and complain. Like my daughter was sent home from school today because her skirt was too short. <laughs> well, yeah, she broke the rules. <laughs> and Who are uh, you being right then, just, <laughs> Uncle Fester? That was a that was a. Smoky mother. <laughs> got em like, emphysema. <laughs> and I like I read that. And I'm like, yeah. Well, she's probably a slut. And uh, you know, she. And if she's not, she still broke the rules. And I'll just like when you get out in the real world. When you get out into the real world, and your company has a dress code, and you don't follow that, your mom's not going to complain on Facebook and then show up to your boss. And say, uh, yeah, my daughter should be allowed to wear whatever she wants uh, because that's just not the way the world works. Speaking of moms, Charlie, sorry, mom. This yeah. one's getting a little explicit. Charlie's mom. on fire today. Slut's not a cuss word. It's your second <laughs> also, of the show. According, to be, according to iTunes, it's not. To be fair, we don't know for sure that this child was a slut. It's just something that Charlie said. You're saying to be you're funny. probably on the path to Stormy Daniels, is what yes. you're saying. <laughs> Your daughter's the next Stormy Daniels. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's more of a joke than anything. But. So the, the point here is that we have really given just, just full, the, just gave the kids a steering wheel here, put them in the driver's seat. And whatever a kid feels like doing these days, they get to do. I mean, this is the, this is the generation of 
Tide you know, pods. <laughs> Tide pods. This is a, these are people who two weeks ago they were eating Tide pods because they thought it was funny, but now we're going to listen to them about government policy and your Second Amendment rights. That's a really that's a really great idea, guys. Uh, they're so mature. You know, just speaking about how mature they are, I think it's a pretty crazy thing that uh, we have things like R-rated movies. We have things like the age of consent. We have uh, things like the driving age, the age that you are allowed to vote. We uh, And ironically, some of these people are pushing uh, to raise the age that you're allowed to purchase a weapon because you're not mature enough at a certain point in time. But evidently, these 14-year-old kids are mature enough to give speeches about government policy, your Second Amendment rights, how we should treat the safety of all the children around the school, and... Guess what? The media, since they're saying exactly what they want, since you've got someone up there talking that it's hard to say no to because evidently you can't say no to children these days, since they have this person up there, they love it. It's going to be on the front page of the news all the time. They're going to use them until these kids are sick of it. They're going to put them up there every single day they can like they're some kind of scholar that studied at Harvard for 30 years when they're a 14-year-old kid with an undeveloped brain that we wouldn't trust to even get behind the wheel of a car or to go see, you know, to watch Casino on Netflix, and somehow they're going to tell me whether or not I should have a gun. One of these little gems, did you see the little interview where they said, so what if you have to give up some freedom as long as it saves lives? <laughs> there was one just like that that was like, uh, why is uh, freedom more important than safety? <laughs> like... Freedom what? is the first component to ensuring your safety. <laughs> you just said it. Like, you literally proved my point for me. <laughs> Nate, you brought up a lot of really good points in there, but I want to focus on the first one, uh, actually, that John brought up that you kind of expanded on. It was a, literally three weeks ago that you had Democrats just literally on TV and talking about trying to pass legislation to force a company like Tide to stop making pods that look so edible. I actually didn't see that. Did that happen? Yes, yes. There were Democrats like literally saying, we we can't have this. The children. We got to save the children from making stupid, dumb decisions. <laughs> but we're going to put them so, on a stage but let's with a line array. <laughs> let's listen to them talk about taking your natural right away to self-defense uh, because it fits our agenda. I mean, that's literally what it is. And, and it, you know, it's kind of unfortunate the, the the uh, there were actually a couple kids who survived the shooting as well who weren't allowed to get on stage and speak because they had a different a different viewpoint. I saw a few to the, few of those articles. They were definitely coming from the the more right leaning media, but there was still validity to them. I mean, they interviewed these kids and they were like, "Yeah, we wanted to you know sp speak too, but they wouldn't let us because they didn't fit the they didn't fit the take your guns agenda." Well, and they're allowed to do that. They can they can set their rally up however they want. It's what? it's just uh, I'm sorry, man. Uh, me and Charlie are sharing a microphone once Still. again today. It's yeah. like Lady and the Tramp yeah. over there. They're, they're just missing the pasta and the, the meatballs <laughs> and the will and desire. Yeah. <laughs> I tell God. you what, Nate, you you smell like work today. Yeah. <laughs> you smell like you've been working. That sucks. I just took a shower, man. It should smell like <laughs> hair product. Smelling and... me from over here across yeah. the table. <laughs> Um, but no, I think it's really sad that we have we have an agenda. I mean, you can't deny the fact that uh, the the left wing, if you want to use that type of classification, or liberals or 
whoever uh, has had an agenda on guns for a long time. And honestly, they're just getting nowhere with it. But what did they find but uh, a couple kids who super like being on people's t-shirts and all over the news. And so they're going to take that and use it. They're going to use children whom they don't even think are old enough to make decisions for all those things that I was just talking about. But they're going to put them up on the news to further their agenda. And honestly, that just makes me really sad. It makes me really sad for our society. It makes me sad about the media. It makes me sad for those kids because they've got to hold up to this. You know, what did you guys think about politics when you were 13, 14 years old? I mean, I would have been wearing some kind of big George Bush Bush sticker all the time, you know? I would have had great, like, airbrush-painted photos of bombs because I thought they were so cool. I probably would have been uh, trying to force school prayer on everyone. Yeah. Um <clears throat> That, you know, not really realizing what that would do or, uh, I don't know, probably forcing my beliefs on someone else. That's probably what I would have been doing. I would have been hard. Well, this is where I came from, actually. I was hardcore warmonger conservative. I mean, I would have made, I would have made Lindsey Graham look bad. (laughs) (laughs) Lindsey Graham would have asked you to calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Has this ever happened? Stop dropping bombs, Charlie. I just got to tell you, Charlie, I think that's just too many bombs, man. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. We forgot Bombs Away Bolton. Oh, man. Oh, so. <laughs> Can't talk about it. We don't have time. But, yeah, I would have put him to shame, too. <laughs> so, anyway, the point being is that when you're – everyone who's listening, just think back to when you were 14 years old. What were your views on society? What were your views in life? How sure were you that the person that you just kissed, that you were going to have to marry them and have eight kids with them someday? I mean, you knew – Nothing when you were 14. And now, sadly enough, we have a generation that's grown up, one, without any rules or consequences, two, with a cell phone in their hand and a Facebook account from the time that they can first remember. And everyone knows, you have to admit, listening, that social media is one of the worst breeding grounds for just the most terrible people, the worst parts of your brain that ever come out, come out on social media, and that's how these kids have grown up talking to each other, expressing their views. I, I feel like this whole march was basically just a selfie backdrop. So it people was. could, you know, sort of tag themselves and get that sweet Instagram photo, because Snapchat's not cool anymore. But. No. No, you can't. Nate. What? How could you be so short-sighted? <laughs> Some Sorry, of these man. kids are 16 and 17. Oh, They're not man. just 14. Oh, those guys so, have Facebook, too. That's my bad. <laughs> so they've got a few more years of experience, you know, right. under their belt. When I was 17, I did know everything about the world. <laughs> right. You're right. Yeah. For sure. In T9 word. Yep. I this everything. This from yeah. the LA Times. Auto accidents are number one cause of death for U.S. teens. So was there anything in this march? Because I haven't watched. I'm kind of like Nate. My blood pressure probably wouldn't get as high as his, but I really didn't want to watch any of that crap that happened this weekend. So John took the liberty for us to do most of the research and we can't thank him enough for that. But John Mario was trying to take people's liberty. You guys should have seen it though. (laughs) It was basically like five minutes of watching followed by twitching and convulsions. And then I'd like stomach another little bit and I'm like, oh man, this is like bad Obama. It was really hard to watch. And then like signs that the DNC had made up for everyone and passed out. It was the most clearly like prepped and orchestrated 
event I've ever seen because we know children don't put stuff together like this. It, there was speech coaches and everything else. I mean, this guy, like I said, he was he was ready to run. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Was there, I think I read something uh, or somebody tweeted something that said like the highlight of the weekend was, uh, who's the like bald oh. girl? Oh. Uh, she gave a speech where she uh, screamed silently for six minutes. The length of the Parkland shooting. But tell me, how does one scream silently? That sounds like an oxymoron. I think just there's a lot of that going on. In our uh, in our old folk term, that's just a moment of silence, is what you would call. That. Oh, yeah. Do you hold your mouth open? Yeah, but since they only know about yelling and talking down the people, they just have to say they scream silence for six <laughs> minutes. They can't take moments anymore because, you know, no one likes Facebook moments. They're depressing. Right. Come on. Don't they make you sad every time they pop up? They just remind me how yeah. old I am. I'm yeah, not going to That's, that's what it is. That's what it is. Literally, that was one of the reasons that I actually got off of Facebook, other than all the political speak, because I couldn't turn... You can keep saying, show less, show less. They will still show you a picture of just the worst possible thing that you happen to have on Facebook that you don't want to remember. Thank you for showing me the greatest moment of my life that I will never be able to recreate or (laughs) equal again. I peaked early. (laughs) I love seeing myself on stage at MTV five years ago. That's great, Facebook. I really appreciate it. It shows you, it takes you back in time where uh, where you knew more. About things. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, because the older you get, you don't know how to make policy when you get older. No, that's the sad part is that I knew that I was at my peak when I was 15. And uh, and now I just keep getting dumber and dumber with age. You know, I mean, these Wisdom's kids. Wisdom's a mental disorder, Nate. <laughs> Experience <laughs> but, is a cancer. I, I have to go back to this. Yeah, sorry. I this headline I read for you in this that, article. That was a tangent. I, I just wanted to let you know. or I, No, I wanted to I wanted to beg the question in this weekend, John, uh, since you watched this uh, beautiful March of Our Lives. Uh, since auto accidents are the number one cause of death for U.S. teens, uh, was there any mention of, like, raising the age for driving? Uh, was, the, was there any mention of... Uh, you know, possibly not allowing kids to drive until they're 21. Well, well, no, because that's be- it's the driver's fault. When what about curfew? Any maybe. like teens can't drive after a certain? Maybe they can only drive like from eight to five. If I'm completely honest, it felt like watching a Hitler Youth rally. We we said that actually when we were traveling this weekend. It it reminded me of the Hitler Youth exactly. It, I. I hate to say that I'm going to catch some heat, yep. but it felt like I was watching a Hitler youth rally with just, and they were just chanting over and over again, the no more, you know, it, it was really weird to watch. But but we just, as libertarians, and this is a libertarian podcast that you're listening to, not big L libertarians. When we say big L libertarian, that means that we're strictly libertarian party. And that's not what we are. We don't I, believe I, in I, parties. Ideas of freedom and personal yes. responsibility and personal Personal liberty. The idea that you own your own body, that you should be responsible for your own actions and your own self. But uh, this is a libertarian show, and uh, I just think that it's important that we focus on the root cause of all of these problems. Because anytime you just talk about the symptom of a larger problem and you just spend all your time fighting the symptom of a larger problem, you never get anywhere. It's time that we talk about what the actual problem is. And I think we need to spend more time doing that. These kids have decided 
that guns are the problem. I need to know what's different between now and 50 years ago. I know we've had semi-automatic weapons for uh, over 100 years now. I need to know what's different now. And we don't have to go into that, but something is different. Why are the children of this generation so violent? Do you really think that it's because guns are available? Because there has always been guns available, semi-automatic, some of you... uh, Gun geniuses out there that like to point to semi-automatic weapons have been available for, like I said, since, you know, what, 1900s early, early time, I would say. I'm just talking about how much I don't know about guns right now, but I know for a fact they were using semi-auto weapons back then. Um, So what I want to talk about is what is the actual root cause of the problem? Because like Charlie's talking about with this auto accident, um, you know, whenever we have a DUI, you blame the driver. Whenever you're killed by a drunk driver, you, you blame the drunk driver. Whenever someone's setting off bombs in Austin, you blame the Austin bomber. Whenever some any other random person is killed by a senseless act of murder, you blame the murderer. When there's a serial killer going around that kills multiple people, you blame the serial killer. But for some reason, in the media and in this agenda today, whenever someone decides that they're going to inflict harm on multiple people, they blame the tool that they use to do it. And I just don't think that that's a solution uh, whatsoever. I think there's a deeper issue here that people are afraid to talk about and are afraid to ever attack. And not to mention, they they attacked these certain situations that use, you know, the quote-unquote assault rifle. We've already talked about that doesn't exist. But if you remember, about a week ago, there was another school shooting. I don't know if you heard about this or not, because not many people talked about it. Uh, I think there were like one or two articles, uh, maybe a flash of news coverage. It was like the back in the old days. What you know, if you watched Norm Macdonald's stand up, it was like the the news was half a hour on this Maryland shooting. It wasn't the full twenty four cycle that we've got still going since Parkland yeah. happened three weeks ago. I think the funny part about this shooting in Maryland, there's two, well, there's nothing funny about it. I'm sorry. I think the crazy thing about it is that not only did a hero stop the madness, but the shooter used a pistol and neither one of those things fit the gen, the agenda of the, of the media and the March for our lives crowd. So that's Probably why you didn't hear about it. You heard it here first. Breaking news. That's one thing you don't hear much about. There was the school shooting stopped by that person. We also, you know, we are in Antioch, Tennessee right now, right outside of Nashville. And there was a, a shooting at a church about a half a mile away from my house. That I think it made the news for two or three hours. And uh, there were six Th- people. There was an unfortunate occurrence about that, though. It was very unfortunate. What was that, John? Well, it was stopped by an usher with a concealed carry permit. No, stop it, John. And so the shooter was in there literally just trying to massacre people. This guy, he got pistol whipped and then ran out to his vehicle, retrieved his weapon, and dispensed of the person. Sounds like lies. It was on and off the news in less than a day. Half half a day, probably six, seven. It was at six or seven people... Yeah, killed. I People can't remember killed. what it was. It just didn't make the news because it didn't fit the narrative that's well, being the, pushed. The unfortunate and fortunate thing is that when this happens and a gun owner stops it and there are two or three people killed instead of 20, then it doesn't make the news because people just 
don't seem to care about it as much. And that's one of the things that libertarians focus on a lot. This is goes on the economics. What's the unseen here? What's the thing that you're not seeing? What people would have been killed if that person, that gun owner, wasn't in the church and every single person in that church could have just been sitting there getting picked off? Now, there are actually people that will tell you it was more dangerous for that concealed carry owner to bring his gun into that church and that he should have just waited for the cops to arrive and take care of the situation. 20 minutes later. Yeah. Now, we've said this before. Charlie and I have had to call the police before. when And someone acted as if, basically made the threat that they were pulling a gun on us, uh, went to do it. And uh, we did call the police and tell them that someone had pulled a gun on us. Don't leave out the most important part. Tell them. Tell them the truth, Nate. <laughs> now, listen. Tell them the truth. All right. So we were... Okay, now I w- okay, I was Where driving. Going? I'm terrified. I was driving and Charlie had went up to uh what had happened was that you Charlie dropped me off. I dropped Charlie off at, at his apartment and um he uh went to talk to the person who was acting erratically and the person said that they were going to pull a gun. Charlie yelled that the guy was going to pull a gun and uh and I slammed my car in reverse and got the heck out of there. <laughs> They just drove off. <laughs> Left me. Listen, left I have women. I have women in the car, and I had to get them to safety. You know, you left me in the trenches taking grenades, Nate. <laughs> Why don't you just? You were stepping on my head while I was drowning. He was very basically. concerned with his right to self-preservation. <laughs> point. Point being, now the guy came up to the car. I get it. I'm responsible for myself, but honestly, I thought we were friends. I thought it was closer for you to run up to your apartment, which was only a few short steps away i did and the door was locked <laughs> yeah. so i thought that it was gonna be way easier for you to just run up to your apartment than it would to be run to run all the way back over to my car this is what you were talking yeah. about earlier when you hang out with nate things go poorly <laughs> True. Just, that's what happens man so uh anyway we called the cops and told them about this guy was at his truck pulling a gun on us it took him 45 minutes to respond and the point being i've been told before that uh, you know, I bring I bring my gun to the movie theater. I would uh, I would rather I I would rather break the law and live than die because I followed it. So uh, I do bring my gun me, into the theater. Little concealed carry nerd note here. Though. Yeah, the movie theaters here do not post the statute, so yeah. you're technically not breaking the law. It just says no weapons, but if it doesn't post the statute, it doesn't apply. So maybe nice. you're being a little bit uncouth. But hey, there we go. But yeah, I've mentioned before that I bring my gun into the theater, and I've literally been told by progressives that that made them uncomfortable, and that it was more dangerous for me to be in there with my gun than if it was just the murderer that was in there with the gun. I, and I, I clarified. I've clarified this with a few people, actually. You literally, I had a conversation with someone when, right after the school shooting, and I said, you really think that it would have been worse if a concealed carry person would have had a gun than what actually happened. And you're telling me that, you know, the nightclub in Orlando, these are people, this went on for hours with the cops sitting outside, with this guy just picking people off, to, for lack of a better term. And I just wonder what would happen if there was one person in the building with a concealed carry, that when the guy walked up, surprise. But imagine if there were diversion for 30 seconds. How many people could have run out the door? Anything. If they're a terrible shot. Anything. 
I mean, that this guy is no mastermind. He's not, you know, some kind of military sergeant, decorated war veteran or anything. It's going to freak him out if someone shoots at him, just like it would anyone else. But uh, liberals will tell you that it's actually more dangerous for a concealed carry. Well, I have some words from a man. Uh, you guys might have heard of this story that lasted. It lasted probably a day on the news, I think, at least 24 hours. Uh, the lead singer of Eagles of Death Metal, Jesse Hughes, uh, this was the nightclub shooting in France. At the Bataclan. At the Bataclan, where 89 people were picked off and murdered uh, because the, no one had any self-defense. This is what he had to say about the March for Our Lives people. He dismissed their demands for legislative action. By the way, this is coming from the USA Today. He dismissed their demands for legislative action on guns as simplistically writing, this almost sounds like the plan of a kid, maybe like a high school student, he continued. Oh, wait, that's right. The Whitney Houston song about letting the children lead the way wasn't actually an operating paradigm for life. <laughs> that's pretty good. He continued, Hughes continued, as the survivor of a mass shooting, I can tell you from firsthand experience that all of you protesting and taking days off from school insult the memory of those who were killed and abuse and insult me and every other lover of liberty by your every action. Until nobody has guns, everybody has to have them. And that's the real solution here. We, we talk about all these issues and like what's happening. Why is this happening? Where do we go from here? The fact of the matter is in the United States, there's over 600, 700 million guns. I think it's 1.7 per household or 1.7 per person. So 350 million people, you've got almost 700 weapons. How are you, how are you going to get rid of those? How are you going to ban those so nobody dies from guns? It's not going to happen. I'm sorry, because I'm not going to give them up. Mm -mm. I'll go down swinging. You're not getting my gun. I got stolen last week. <laughs> There's no more gun crime in <laughs> Australia, right? Yeah, they've eradicated that somehow, right? There's nobody doing drugs anymore either, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah I haven't, I haven't seen hair sessions. We're really lucky that they made murder illegal. I think they passed that last week, so we shouldn't have to worry about that yeah. anymore. Now you're yeah. safe to just yeah freely go yeah. wherever you want. Rape's illegal too now, by oh, the way. So. Did they just pass that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Well, they're fixing everything now, aren't they? here in Germany? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that was controversial, but they did it here. Oh, okay. All right. What matters here is this is that you're not going to take everybody's guns because if you take everybody's, there's going to be at least one. That's me. And uh, I said I'd go down swinging, <laughs> but I'd me. probably go down pulling the trigger. And then, and then Nate's yeah. going to grab a knife. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're within 10 feet, a knife is more dangerous anyway. So it, it's fine. If you're trained, not me, <laughs> but someone else who's trained. I think, I think Hughes makes a valid point at the end of this article where he says, until no one has them, everybody has to have them. So if nobody's going to have them, or I mean, since we can't confiscate them all, which means people are going to have them, everybody has. To, he watched 89 people get picked off because no one, no good guy with a gun was able to come in and stop it. So 89 people would just got shot. He, they described the scene of these guys walking around, just shooting people in the head. So there's no, there's no way I've said this before in the last gun debate, 
you can't stop every bad thing in the world. And I'm not saying that this tragedy shouldn't be mourned. I'm not saying these kids shouldn't be mourned. I'm not saying we shouldn't have discussions because that's one thing libertarians will at least do is have discussions with both sides. And, but what I'm getting at is that in this world, bad things are going to happen and you don't get to take away people's right, their natural right to self-preservation because you believe something but because you believe that taking away that right is going to solve the problem. And what we're here to tell you is it doesn't solve the problem. That's probably all we can do on this today. Guys, we have a great gun control episode also called The Truth About Gun Control. If you want to hear how we debunk every single suggestion for gun control, go to that episode. We'll tell you every single thing you're going to suggest about how we control guns. You can knock it off in about 10 seconds. It doesn't matter. And uh, But one thing we are super happy about today is this week's Whiskey of the Week. Nate, you picked it up this week. What did you, what did you bring for us? <laughs> I didn't look at it. I barely even looked. This is Bird Dog Kentucky Bourbon Whiskey. Select stock, bluegrass crafted. Which we got to so. be honest, you first cracked the bottle and recoiled a little bit. Yeah. It, now, I'll, I'll read the description to you for it because I think it's pretty important. According to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcohol beverages. No, I don't know what the description is, but yeah, it kind of had a bit of a bite there at first. Like, like it kind of hurts you whenever you first get into it, but then it, it gets a little bit more smooth. This and took an ice cube well. Yeah, and if you can tell from the inflection in our voices, the more of it you drink, the better of it it tastes. <laughs> the better of it. <laughs> I see what you did there. So, guys, round the table here. Now, how much was this? This was twenty-four U.S. dollars, John. Yeah, I could tell. Yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna start off, uh, and I'm waiting for value here. I'm gonna go with a five out of ten. It's better okay. than larceny, but that's about it. Yeah, I'm still going. I mean, it's it's not horrible. It's not like it. It doesn't have. It's a little thin, but it doesn't have that real like spicy finish that like a thin terrible whiskey has like Jim Bean. So for me, it's, it's a six and a half out of 10 because it's still, it's delectable enough to sip on. I have to go, I'm going to go five also because I don't put it above even wild Turkey. So it feels good down here at five. <clears throat> yeah. That's about where I have to put it because I did drink some wild Turkey one one on the way here. And I think it was better <laughs> on the way so, here. Yeah. Hey, what's the limit for the Hall of Shame? Is that five or four? It has to be below five? I think it just generally has to be disgusting. <clears throat> and now, this isn't disgusting. It's just not that good. I would, here, I'm going to take a different path here. I would say this is, should be like 14 bucks. Okay. For 15 bucks. I can see that. So it's, it's down there with a, with a Jim, a Jim Beam, your, your Crown Royal. But I think Jim your, Beam's a little better. Things like that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about... But anyway, um, I think we got our ratings in. This is $24, and that was this week's Whiskey of the Week. Something Trump pointed out that is a hall of shame. In fact, he called this thing a, a ridiculous situation. What that might be, you ask? The creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> Stormy Daniels. Oh, well, I, I can't say nay to either one of those. But uh, what I'm really... What he's really talking about here is the the 
omnibus spending package, $1.3 trillion that your lovely Republican-controlled House and Senate and President put the on the backs a, of our a, children. It was amazing listening to the speech. Aren't you guys so glad that we got Republicans in the House and Republicans in the Senate and a Republican in the White House so we could finally cut government they spending? They cut the deficit. Didn't they, Nate? They did. You know, Obama was running these <laughs> terrible deficits, and we needed to get Republicans in there. You know, I'm sure they'll do it with the next budget. They couldn't do it this time because we had to fund the military, but the next time they won't be able to use that as an excuse, right? Trump did make sure to point out it was only the second largest spending bill of all time, and Obama did one worse. Yeah, he did definitely do that. Uh, I thought it was kind of hilarious when he was like, Obama signed one bigger. I'm sure he wasn't happy about it. Like, like comparing himself like, oh, Obama wasn't happy about it. I'm not happy about this, but I still signed it. But it, it, he even said, he even went as far to say to Congress as the 3,000, 2,500 something pages was sitting on the desk where he signed the bill. That they had 24 hours to read. He said, I will never sign another bill like this. So why did you sign that one? <laughs> Don't sign this one. How about that? What's the difference? The if military. You, if the you're mil- never going to sign a bill like that. Why would you sign this one? He said it was a matter of national security, right? We we had to add sixty billion dollars yeah, to the he, military he was attacking budget. Attacking our national well, security. There's no way we could have given the military a pay raise without it costing sixty billion dollars. There's no way it had to. Well, it had to because he said the opposition of the military from the Democrats. He's never seen anything like it. <laughs> and so for them to, for the Democrats to budge on military spending that they so desperately needed, because I guess $640 billion isn't enough, then they had to put all this pork in for the Democrats. Uh, but, you know, they didn't help DACA out at all, uh, which, you know, the president was very critical of the Democrats failing on helping out these 800,000 poor recipients of DACA that... I'm- I'm pretty sure he was critical because his uh, border wall was a little shorter than he had hoped for. And that, yeah. that was what he was, he was hoping to trade the DACA, DACA deal for some border wall. Well, I mean, $1.6 just won't get you enough wall, yeah. John. Well, they can either, I think at this point, I did the math on it, they can either give you about 100 miles of wall or they can do a full wall that's two feet high. And I don't know which one you guys think is better, but you guys think are, are the two feet high wall? Hispanics are short? No, no. That's offensive, Nick. I didn't say that. No. I think it was implied. I wasn't saying that. I was just saying if you're going to build a wall, you might as well just point out the fact that it's obviously pointless and just build it two feet tall instead. But that'll make it easier for those MS-13s. Oh, man. I hope not. Man, I should have voted for the bill. (laughs) Dang it. I got to tell you guys, though, if I can just say this real quick, I'm honestly disappointed and disgusted with both major political parties. And this is one of the reasons that you should consider the Libertarian Party after they get their act together. But you should go ahead and not 
vote for Republicans or Democrats unless they have the word Paul behind their name. That's about that's a, about as good as it gets. Or Mas- Massey. Um, Massey. Massey. Amash. Mike Lee, maybe. Good guy. You know, Ted Cruz came out and talked a lot about how this bill was terrible, too. But, he voted against it. I'll give him that. But aside from the actual political talking heads, what I will say is I'm kind of disgusted with Republicans in, in general. I, I've got to say... You know, liberals, they make me mad because they lack common sense and logic. And Republicans, <laughs> um, you know, if I'm just going to, you know, I'm trying to speak nicely about them. So that's, a, the, that's what I've got. That's the best you can yeah. do there. But Republicans lack principles. And that really, really scares me. You know, at least liberals have their principles and whether or not they're well, just purely built on emotions, by God, they stand by them they, all the time. They've got principles. They're just very willing to compromise them. That's the thing. Yeah, they've got great principles. You know, a Republican loves talking about the Constitution. A Republican loves the Founding Fathers. They love railing on people that are taking their rights and people that are illegally coming into this country and all of these terrible things. But when it comes to actually putting the rubber to the road... They don't do anything whatsoever. They cave every single time. Every single one of you Trump supporters out there knows what I'm talking about because we just signed this piece of crap legislation, and you're still going to vote for Trump if he runs for re-election. And what I want to know is, where did your principles go? Do you actually care about the things that you talk about? Or do you just care that there's someone with an R next to their name in the White House? Those are two very important things that we need to know about. No more for me, John. I've had enough. Thanks. Oh, never mind. I've got another glass here. That's fine. But what I want to know is, Republicans... Do you actually care about anything? Because if you did, if you really cared about it, if Donald Trump knew that if he signed this piece of crap that he was never going to get another vote from a Republican again, guess what? It wouldn't have gotten signed. And that's the whole problem is that you don't care, and that's why this stuff keeps going through. They're banking on this whole lesser of two evils argument. They're like, well, not going to be as bad as the other guy, so I can do anything I want. Yeah. (laughs) They they promise you all... They promise you all kinds of things like, oh, vote me in because, you know, we really need to cut spending and we need to cut taxes and we need to do all these things. And and we're not going to be like the Obamas who ran all these deficits and, you know, put all this debt on our children. And then they turn around and do the same thing. And it's honestly, you know, I try not to get angry on this show, but I'll be real honest on, on Friday. Yes, Nate, because we, we drove... Uh, we drove away this weekend and I was furious. I mean, just, I just couldn't believe when Trump said he was going to veto this thing. I was like, oh my God, that might be the best thing this guy does his entire presidency. And then he signs the, the thing. Like two hours later, he did it probably. I mean, honestly, I, I think he just did it for some news attention for a second and then he signed but, it. But that Charlie, it. we do have to add some pointless clarity here pretty sure michelle obama had nothing to do with it <laughs> no she didn't what uh real quick we're, we're getting close on time here so i just want to know do, get, what's what's in some of this bill anybody have any highlights well it was what's, bipartisan so it's got to be good yeah there's got to be some some great well, things there, there was here. a lot of funding for uh, the planned parenthood saw that republican principle 
Well, we'll get into that in a second, John. <laughs> there, <laughs> there is funding for Planned Parenthood. I just wanted to go over a few highlights for Hillary. By the way, if you do not follow Rand Paul on Twitter, you need to. Uh, because it's hysterical. because of a few things, but he is just probably the best uh, official from government who who roasts people in the most epic ways. Uh, but anyway, so there is uh, there's a couple things in here that I wanted to go over here. So he, he goes through and he starts reading this thing, or maybe somebody read them for you. I don't know, but uh, there's nine hundred and sixty one million dollars in this bill. To destroy our chemical weapons. Uh, who was it exactly who convinced our government to pay billions to develop weapons we now find deplorable? Bombs away? Is that Lindsey Graham? <laughs> was it John Bolton? I'm not Bolton? real sure. Probably McCain, uh, McCain probably made him quick, with his bare hands. <laughs> quick point of debate really quick. Do we want to call him bombs away or bomb him to hell? Either uh, bomb. Oh, man. I came up with bomb them to hell, but then I heard on the news bombs away. I think bombs away Bolton's pretty good. Yeah, right. bombs it's, away Bolton. And it's a little yeah. more mom appropriate. Yeah. yeah, that'll work. All right, bombs away it is. Here's one of my other favorites: one million dollars for the Cultural Antiques Task Force. Now, please tell me what is it? What Finally. is it? Cultural Antiques Task Force. What do they do? Can anybody tell me that? It's like the high society version of American Pickers. They've got to make sure that we. Um, Dang it. I have no idea why that would ever be created whatsoever. Don't think too hard. Your head will explode. Mm. $5 million for Vietnam Education Foundation grants. Okay. Oh. Well, it makes sense. They won the war, so we'll uh, give them money for their education. I think that was part of it. Yeah, that was part of it. One last one I'll go over. There's tons of these, but just just to prove the point. $2.696 $2.696 billion for international disaster assistance. We can't even fund FEMA. We you know, can't our even own fund Puerto Rico. We, we, Puerto, you know, uh, Flint, Michigan still doesn't have clean water, in case anybody forgot about that. And uh, we're going to spend almost $3 billion on international disaster. I'm not saying these people don't need help. I'm just saying... This is the most absurd, asinine thing I've ever heard in my life. And the government's been doing this for years. This is going up to a poor person and asking them for money. Honestly, that's what these other countries are apparently doing. uh, (laughs) Yeah, we're in the hole. We're in the hole. But you you left out my favorite one, which was the billions for female law enforcement officers in Afghanistan. That's very important. Yeah, because they follow that tradition. Yeah. Of uh, women's rights. Well, now that they can drive cars. Oh. <laughs> They'll, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Nate, they, uh, I mean, John, they have a, a $43 million natural gas station there. <laughs> so that's bustling, it's a bustling Clearly. utopia over there. It's a very nice we'll, place. We'll run a Rand Paul highlight episode. <laughs> so Republicans were obviously outraged and will never vote for another Republican again because this just continued funding for Planned Parenthood. What you brought up at the beginning, John, this is probably what makes me the most angry. And uh, we're going to have to get to it on another episode because we're really pushing up on time here. But I, I just wanted to quickly say that... Uh, there is still uh, half a billion dollars going to the abortion clinic, uh, Planned Parenthood. And, uh, you know, they offer, you know, uh, you know, fingernail clippings and other things like that, too, probably. But uh, mainly their main 
goal because they kill over 300,000 every single year is they uh, they murder fetuses. I don't care if you don't think they're humans. That's what I say. Uh, so and they're still getting government money. Now, whether you believe abortion is, you know, ethical or moral or not, we're definitely going to get into that in, in another episode. The fact that the government and especially Republicans who voted these people in that promised you the least we're going to do about abortion is we're going to make sure Planned Parenthood doesn't get any more of your tax dollars. And they can't even do that. You had a Republican House, a Republican Senate, and a Republican, I'm doing air quotes over here, president who still funded Planned Parenthood. They could have vetoed it. They could have not passed it. But yet you still had these people that you put in power, you should be ashamed of yourselves, honestly. The, the, your, the pompous, arrogant, evangelical Christians, and I'm being dead serious here, the ones that voted for Trump because we needed SCOTUS picks or, you know, he's better than Hillary, uh, whatever, you did this. You put these people in power who still didn't get what we actually wanted, which is defunding a, a horrendous, in my opinion, organization called Planned Parenthood. So, wait, you know, whatever. I'm off the soapbox now. It doesn't so that's matter. That's all we've got I'm, for this week's episode. Rush Limbaugh will be back next week. <laughs> I'm actually excited right now because, for once, I wasn't the most mad person on the program. You know, we were having so much fun, yeah. and then you just had to bring it up again. You know, I love... <laughs> I just love, you know, how can we have fun when the Fed is incessantly printing away our purchasing power? There's no way that we could ever have fun when they're just doing this as we sit here. And they're ruining our dollar. Bombshell. How can you laugh and be so lighthearted when your purchasing power is being decimated? Guys, one thing you can do for us is share the show. Tell a friend. If you think you have a friend that you saw on Facebook posting stupid stuff or maybe pictures of these kids and thinking that they're cool, show this to your friend, okay? Show them the show. Maybe they'll hear something that'll knock some sense into their brains, possibly. You can go on there. You can go get on our Patreon page if you want to, if you want to support the show. It would help us out a lot. If you want to talk to us, you can get on Facebook. You can get on Twitter, at Big Freedom Show, and just join the debate all the time. And to find those things easier, it's patreon.com slash Show. Facebook.com slash Big Freedom Show. Guys, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time, we'll be pursuing liberty later. Talk to you next week.